station. Even if they're not that proud of us. Now batting for the sports animal. Your afternoon drive. Number two, Menon, Van Nunley, and Fred Slow. And in the on-deck circle, Robert Buck D. Gibson. This is Two Men On with Van Nunley and Fred Slow. It's Wednesday, Albuquerque. You know what that means. It means the boys are live at the ballpark. Yes, the we are. At the lab, We're at the lab, boys. Rio Grande Credit Union Field at Isotopes Park is where you can find your boys today. If you're here early, which you're not, because I don't think it's open to the public yet, doors open at 5.30, Van. 5.30 today. If Legit, if you know how to sneak in, that would be cool. Come say hi. So a little bit of production issue on our end, and let's make sure we got our volume right. Michael, how do you feel about that? How you about good? that? How we do? Sound good? Interesting. Little inside, do I sound handsome? little inside baseball. We had a full-on conversation about this before the program where I assured everyone we weren't going to be loud enough. Just saying. Put it on the record. One for me, zero for you two. Boom. Which, uh, which also was how the ice started last night where they went on to put a whomping on those El Paso chin losers. 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 Hello, Zahir. You know, they actually have a major league affiliate. Did you know that? El Paso? Yeah. Really? Yeah, so I also thought they didn't. I also thought it was just a... Why, who's punishing that Major League affiliate? I just, I feel What so, did they do wrong is I, my question. I feel so bad for San Diego. San Diego, man. Ah. The fathers. Mm-hmm. San Diego fathers. The dads. A lot of baseball talk today. For Stolting will join us, uh, I guess, after this segment. Then allegedly. After, allegedly. <laughs> 430, Riley Smith. Matt Dennis, after that, take a segment to talk about what's going on in the world of the NFL. And then Scott Shebler will be joining us at 515. It's going to be a good little program today. We're going to talk a lot. We're going to play a lot. We're going to laugh a lot. Getting a lot of text and feedback about the volume from the friends of the show. Uh, the, uh, the most action, Mike, on the texter is anytime we talk about radio. So it's not when we talk about anything else. Sure. Yeah, if we talk about sports... Eh. Talk about sports adjacent content. Eh. We talk about our level of sports influence because we're both, if not the two most prominent sports influencers in the city, we're near the very top. I can't think of anyone on top of my head who'd be higher. Well, it's easy one, two, and, and I don't mind flip I don't know which order. Yeah, it doesn't I matter. I don't mind flip flop. No, no. It's okay. This lineup is, is set I did for not winners. Mean that sexually. They, I did. I meant, and I meant first and second right. place, not flip flop and you know what I mean. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Michael, how is the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio? It's nice today? and uh, cool, icy in here, but outside it is heat. I tell you, what, it's a little warm at the ballpark, but it's not too warm. It's a little humid at the ballpark. It's not too humid. They just watered the field, right? Oh, that's what it is. Yeah, a little yeah, moist. It makes it's moist. A little moist. Got to keep that third moist. base tight. Got to keep third base tight. A bunch of El Paso players on the concourse and. We're gonna have a good one out here today. Come see your boys. It is. Uh, it's gonna be a good night at the ballpark. We're gonna be here most of the evening. Hanging out, talking sports, doing our thing. Lots of stuff in the news. Jack Del Rio's making headlines. NBA Finals, we'll preview that tonight. A fun little Houston Astros story that we'll hit on. Um, but before we go to laughs, because we're going to laugh all day long, there was kind of a big headline that hit me today, man, that I don't want to miss on. Um, 
I don't want to miss on it at all. You don't want to miss on the story. Yeah, but like I don't. FBI missed on their investigation. Oh, so what you're saying. The energy on this one, it's hard to throw a ton of jokes, um, so I won't. But here we go. Simone Biles and well, a grip of other U.S. gymnastics and collegiate gymnastics. 90-ish. Are suing the FBI for a billion dollars, man. One bill. It's not enough. It's not enough. It's not enough. Uh, if you're familiar with what happened with Larry Nasser in Michigan State, and by the way, Larry Nasser who's employed by Michigan State, I think I've told, told this story before, and I told her when she said no that I would convey this of it. I reached out to a very good friend of mine who runs media for Michigan State University, and I said, hey, um, this is obviously the story. You and I have a friendship. We have you know, a, a, a personal relationship outside of professional. It would, it would mean a lot to me if you came on the program and we kind of talked about Michigan State, and we kind of talked about the reaction to this Larry Nasser thing. And she said, we're not allowed to talk about that. Duh. 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 And, and that is the Michigan State energy on this thing and on Larry Nasser. And, and the problem with the Larry Nasser situation, and by the way, he got his. I mean, he'll never see the light of day again. As he should. A lot of money is going to his victims. Um, but for years... There were reports of transgressions. For years, there were reports of misdoings. And primarily, Indianapolis is where gymnastics primarily trains. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and all these things went without recourse from the FBI for so many years. And then the investigation that followed. And all of these individuals are pursuing through attorney generals of Michigan, attorney generals of Indianapolis and other outlets, uh, lawsuits against the federal government. Oh, my goodness. You better have the best case in the history of the world if you're going after the FBI. And you better be squeaky clean on every part of your life if you're going after the FBI. You have to, right? Yes. Because they will be coming right back after you. Forever, ever. Yes. And the thing is, and I'm going to use Simone Biles, she's bulletproof. 100%. 100%. She's 100% bulletproof. Michaela Maroney, bulletproof. Like, there are all these individuals who were harmed. I was trying to come up with a better word. Assaulted. Violated. Yes, yeah, all of Abused. Those. Yes, all of those. There are all these individuals that are now going to try to hold the FBI accountable because, you know, Allie Raisman, and, and I don't have to name them all. You know who they are. They said they made reports, and these reports are documented, and these reports were ignored, and they made complaints, and they need they asked for help at time, and this dates back for dozens of years. This dates back a long time, and how the FBI did not put the effort in to assisting these individuals, and it's been rumored that the head of the FBI office in Indianapolis at the time was discussing a post-retirement consulting job with USA Gymnastics, and that's why there was such a stall put on all these investigations. That's why there was such a stall put on all these responses. And I think it's pretty understood that the federal government doesn't pay the highest wage, but they have the best retirement. And how individuals' lives were allowed to be ruined due to other individuals looking for financial gain. My question is, what did Larry Nasser? what did the Olympic Committee, what did Michigan State whoever was pulling the strings, whoever was puppeteering this whole situation, what did they have on the federal government that kept stalling this investigation? So it's not that they had anything. It was 
It was for the individuals in the FBI and the government for the betterment of themselves. So, it was, and this is, and this is, I mean, this is bribe city, dog. This is like, let's use USA Gymnastics for example. If you're courting the FBI head who is supposed to be investigating you, if you're courting them for post-career opportunity, because what I, I worked in municipal government for a long time, right? Like I, you know, I worked for New Mexico Highlands University. I do much stuff out there. So that's state government. Everyone knows if you work for a government entity, your pension, your retirement, that's the best. Is your pay the best? No, it is not. No. But after you put in 20 hard, all of these people in these leadership positions go on for what? They go on for consulting jobs. They go on for lobbying jobs. They go on, And that's exactly what this is, where politicians for years sure. receive these promissory kickbacks. Yep. And do they ever come? I don't know. I don't know. But, like, are they set up like they're – are they behaving like they do? Well, they do. A lot of smoke. Smoke don't come without fire. Yeah, I, I could parallel this to the NFL's investigation that's going to open up the the Washington football team, commanders, whoever they are, whoever they're going to be next year, they're going to change their name again, whatever. All the fallout from this investigation, I hope some real tangible evidence comes out and it leads to actually helping, actually fixing the system. And hopefully, however this FBI investigation was thwarted internally, that information comes out and they could correct this in the future. Because the lives of 90, 100, yeah. 120, no one even knows the real numbers. It was so long and so profound and so prolific. The number is close to 100. Yeah. Yeah. You don't even, you don't even know the amount of abuse and you don't know the amount of, like, the lives that were altered by this horrible event that was enabled and allowed to happen. And one of the biggest factors in enabling the situation is the FBI not doing their job. And leaving Larry Nasser free to continue to target young women. Correct. Yeah, that's correct. And is that worth a billion dollars? Yes, it is. Sure. More. More. Just make up a number. Make up a brand new number. That's the biggest number in the history of the world. Are you talking about Biles? That's what they do. A Biles zillion is what they deserve. That is... So a billion divided by a hundred is ten million dollars each. Mm. That's right. Yeah, I just did that right. Yes. There. You, okay. Go. Go. Give them all ten million dollars. Correct. Is that worth abuse? Is that worth trauma? Is that worth a lifetime? No, it is not. No. No. It will not heal those scars. It will not. Fi- it will not fix those emotional wounds. It will not alter their trajectory of their life the way that he altered the trajectory of their life. Now, what's interesting about the case, and, you know, I, I live in the world of obsession as it comes to municipal government and state government. The, I, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm pro sports. Yeah. I'm a sports influencer. I am, I am pro sports adjacent content. But my real obsession, municipal government, <laughs> state government. Yeah. And I could cite to you the number of times that police departments pay out for misconduct for fraudulent action, because I'm aware of these numbers. I know them. I don't think I could come up with a single time where a department or a policing entity paid out because they didn't take action. This would be a precedent that I've never seen if the FBI has to pay out for failure to act versus acting uh, errantly. And, And I think the real lesson is you mentioned the pension earlier. This money has to come from the pension. Oh, I don't know. If there's no accountability... If there's no real punishment for the people who allowed this to happen, 
I'm not saying that this exact situation will happen again, but it will set a precedent that something similar well, will happen to, again. Well, it has to, because you're, you're going to hit an appeal. No matter what happen, no matter right. what the ruling is, you're going to need to appeal another way because there is no precedent. Correct. Yeah. That one's awful. That one's gross, and I did not like it. Don't think I want to take my eye off it, though, just because I don't. Forrest Stolting will join us when we get back. It's going to be a rich day of Isotopes baseball talk. Do you want to talk pro Isotopes today, or do you want to talk anti-El Paso? Well, uh, why not both? Thank you. Porque no los dos, mi amigo. <laughs> Two men on live from the mobile John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9, Van. Start our days at the YMCA of Central New Mexico. Spend our evenings. And this Friday night at Hollow Spirits, we're going to have a heck of a one with that. They're moving the big pride dinner to Sunday, man. We'll talk about that later in the week. And we spend our free time sipping on that teller. Right? Come yes, on, guy. Two men on, 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. They're like two bands that I hate. You say bands or vans? Yes. Okay. I absolutely hate with a passion Maroon 5. I think it is arguably the worst, like, crap rock on the planet. That's how I feel. <laughs> you're not wrong. No. I think there are a few worse that are ahead of them, but you're not wrong. The only one that I think is worse is Dave Matthews Band. <laughs> Dave Matthews Band and Maroon 5 to me are 1A, 1B in such a way that it's embarrassing to admit your fandom. Unless you're with other fans. Ouch. And then, like, you're in your own little cult bubble. You're talking about cult stuff. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that stuff still exists. How many people you think got the same tattoos as the M- the Maroon 5 guy? Like, exactly. Adam Levine is That is what his name is. And I know that. Zach Levine's cousin. Yeah, I don't know if that's true. That's not. I thought you were going to talk about, like, a DMV tattoo. I think I know a couple people with DMB tattoos. God, that's really bad. I cut one of them out of my life. Had to. And one of them is just so nice, I can't kick them out. Yeah, but the way you just described it, it's not like they're there because of value. It's there because because they need you. It's like a it's like admitting you have a like a special need for someone. <laughs> it's like getting jumped into a gang, really, because then you're like invested. Then, like, once you're really in the gang. Like can't you can, jump out. You, you can take a beating. You can't just leave after that. There you co- get a Dave Matthews okay. tattoo. You're not just coming out. There's a couple uh, El Paso uh, Chihuahua players <laughs> that are going around. So these El Paso players are going around the stadium taking selfies with all the Simpsons, like, statues in the, in the ice Stokes Park. The dude just kissed Marge. <laughs> That's I don't know what the COVID rules are on that. He stuck a little tongue in Marge's mouth. Forrest, That's inappropriate. Forrest I'm glad Stolting. children aren't here yet. Forrest Stolting not with us yet. He a uh, little held up. It's you know normally we're here on Fridays. You know and then there's the seven whatever game start, but because of the six thirty today, everything's moved up a little bit. A little tighter on the players. A little more difficult. But Riley Smith will be joining us, and he's got a heck of story. So we're gonna have a lot of fun sitting down with him when he does. At Ice Park, the thing, the thing to me, Van, about like this fun midweek baseball stuff is the energy is a little different, right? Sure. Yeah, we're usually out here on Friday when it's rocking, and we know it's going to be rocking. Right. 
But this one is more of a because we're on the way here to two three game sweeps in a row, which afterwards is going to put the isotopes over 500 for the you know first time in some time. Never been more excited about anything. It's going to be a heck of a weekend. But the issue at hand is, you know, to get to get to like the big ones, to get the ones where the house is packed, and to get the ones where you're really representing well. You sometimes got to get through those Wednesday ones. You sometimes got to get through those Thursday ones, for the big Friday ones, Saturday ones, and Sunday ones, which are being wasted in El Paso, by the way. For sure, and you know me, like we're so busy, we go out so often. Sure. Friday and Saturday are just a complete indifference to me. Yeah, I don't care same. what day of the week it is. Yeah, Isotopes Baseball, being here at the lab is always a magical experience, especially on a day like this where there's a little breeze. Yeah, it's overcast. It's the whole thing. Like you've been been beaten down by 90s for three days in a row, and here we are out at the lab. There's a nice little cool breeze out here. What part of 90s? Zubaz pants or slap bracelets? Okay, yeah, yeah. that makes perfect sense. Fanny packs. Mm-hmm. Put your back, by the way. Welcome back, Fanny Pack. So, Vital, you don't know this. Um, obviously, we work with Scott Cregan over at Graphic Connection all the time, and he provides us with just some of the finest apparel and merch that you can get. So we sat down with Scott, and we said, uh, what do we got to do to get some two men on Fanny Packs? Like, what do we got to do to make that happen? He said, build a time machine to the <laughs> 90s, you losers. Taking their time, walking up to us as Forrest Sulting and Riley Smith, and we're going to talk to him about his playing career and going from where he was to where he could be and, and a lot of the excitement that it surrounds that. Vital, is it okay if we take a break just a minute, a little bit, just a minute early and come back with Riley? Yeah, if you want. Let's do that. It's two men on, 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Well, they did it. They called in the reliever for us. Riley Smith here with the boys. Riley, how are you, my friend? Doing well. How are y'all? Doing well, Peachy, my brother. Man. Peachy. You had a heck of a little story here up to recently, right? Playing with the Diamondbacks, and then you're in a team in Indianapolis for a cup of coffee, and then forget sure. that, right here to AAA. And, yeah. uh, I mean, you're getting some Ws, my dude. How you feeling? feel pretty good right yeah. now. Best I've felt in a while, so hopefully you can keep it rolling. There you go. Nice. So, high five right here. You can't. You obviously can't see this on air because we're only on radio today. Yeah. But I got my business casual mullet brother right here (laughs) very very strong very strong hair my friend i appreciate it so what what do you think about albuquerque so far my dude i like it um you know the thing is is you can it's different everywhere you go but you get to play baseball so and uh i kind of bring my house with me while i'm here so it makes everything at home so nice do you you so you do you wear the mullet because you have such a collection of professional team hats (laughs) and you want to make sure that just keeps wearing the same size all the time let me sure i got this right Obviously, the Diamondbacks threw a bunch in the Major League Baseball level and, and kind of did that whole thing. Reno Aces, Jackson Generals, the the I help me out here. The Rawhide, where are they yeah, from? Visalia, California. No Hyde. clue. Kane yeah. <laughs> <laughs> County Cougars, the Hillsboro Hop. You, you yeah. hold on to all those jerseys. Where are they at? Yeah, I've got pretty much a jersey from every level I've been to. Yeah. Um, We'll hang them up and put them in my house. There you go. Are you, are you there long enough to have your own bobblehead night? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I. I don't know. I kind of flew under the radar all the way up to the big league, so um, I was never a prospect. Not a lot, not a lot of spotlight on me, which was kind of nice. You know, you get to just kind of chill, do your thing, and then oh shoot, this guy's throwing good, and now he's out of here. 
Speaking of throwing, uh, so taking them out, obviously, here at AAA, a little bit different than independent league ball, right? It's it's same energy, I feel, fandom, same energy, I feel like, everything outside the field, but the level on the on the play is so insanely different. Do you feel that immediately when you come over from independent to AAA, do you, or is it or is it just business as usual for you? Um, well, if we're being honest, um, I was only in independent ball for four days right and never threw <laughs> oh you didn't even throw, didn't even throw. oh my <laughs> god <laughs> <laughs> so uh no i went to lexington um we had a little little uh miscommunication between me and the d-backs and i had some medical stuff on my record that wasn't supposed to be on there sure and teams didn't know why it was on there we couldn't get it changed once it was on there so i went strictly to prove that i was healthy right um, i still felt like i could pitch at this level and still pitch in the big leagues and i still feel that way and uh so going there was kind of a stepping stone to just say, hey, this guy's healthy. He's, you know, this is his velo. This is how he's throwing. This is what he's doing. Let's get him back into affiliate ball. So LSU Tiger? Yes, sir. Yeah, man. You Briefly. were, uh, what, one year off one from year. Albuquerque's own Alex Bregman? Yeah. Yeah. He uh, he hosted me on my official visit there. Uh, he's a good dude. I enjoyed my time spending with him, and he's nasty. He's yeah, Unreal. Yeah. Unreal. <laughs> like the, I was out at an academy high school the other day, which is obviously where he went to high school here yeah. in town. And we're walking. I'm like, yeah, you know, it's like, hey, I'm Fred Sloan with the Sports Mobile, and it, and everyone starts to say, hey, were you here when when Bregman was here? <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't. But um, yeah, those stories still hang out. Do you have that same kind of energy in your hometown from the high school? Is there uh, the time you threw the perfect whatever, or the time you did that? Yeah, I yeah? mean, def- probably not on the same level as him. He was a phenom from you know time he was like birth. 14. I believe birth. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Uh, no, I mean, it, I, I come from a small town, Lufkin, Texas. Um, and even smaller high school outside of that, um, I graduated like 140 people. Um, oh, my. Yeah, and actually we're a Texas school that didn't have football, so baseball was it. Right. Yeah, oh, which no, is, no seven I, man or I nothing. Kinda, I kind of cowered out when I say that. I wish we did. <laughs> yeah. I, I would have enjoyed it. But um, You'd be you a know, quarterback. It'd be a whole other story. I know. It, it, I enjoy my story now, but I, I – uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of the same deal. Brandon Belt came, uh, went from my high school, too. So pretty good. You, you beat me to it. Yep. I just yeah. pulled it up just yeah. now. You, you beat, <laughs> yeah, he, uh, you're, you're good at this. He's been a pretty successful <laughs> baseball player, I'd say. Yeah, he's, he's slightly above average, yeah. right? A little more than a cup of coffee in the yeah. bigs there. Uh-huh. So, is, were you into football? Were you like, oh, man, I can't play football in my high school? Um, or is it just all baseball all the time? You know, the thing is, is I love baseball. I'm an avid outdoorsman. I like hunting more than baseball at times like i i like baseball and i enjoy the competitive nature of it um but i like to escape and go hunt and stuff so football season was always hunting season um so i mean okay i never and my mom was always super protective and she didn't want me playing peewee or anything like that and it just never really crossed paths my dad didn't play growing up um he went to a high school that did Lufkin High School, and we had season tickets. We still have them to their high school games, and have had them since probably oh, like cool. sixty five, nineteen sixty five, yeah. like forever. So, I mean, it's still prevalent in our hometown, and we we love going to it. But you know, what's crazy to me played. about Texas football, and I didn't notice it when I was younger. But I say I travel more now as an adult. You travel a ton. You're mm-hmm. a professional baseball player. You fly over Texas. You just see stadiums. stadiums. You're like, you're like, what, yeah. you're like, what big ass city is this? You're like, no, that's Lufkin, no. Texas, and yeah. they have a huge football stadium. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, where do all these? It's all that oil exactly. money, obviously, yeah. but that, it's a religion down there. Yeah. Man. Sure have is. y'all ever seen Allen's football stadium? Mm. Allen, Texas. I don't believe that's so, worth no. a Google. I, I, I don't. I mean, I'm, not, I'm not gonna say the exact amount of money that it was, but it's. It's in the hundreds of millions of dollars. Oh, my God, for a high school stadium. Yeah, 
Are you? Are, holy no, that's moly! Serious. All right, so I just brought this bad boy up, and this looks like the one you would make in Sim City. Yeah, like this is like <laughs> no, it, it holds like like I would say fifty thousand, sixty thousand people. That is insane. Yeah, and no. they've been beating the brakes off people for the last several years. Hey, also you're burying the lead on this, my dude, because this is just Eagle Stadium, also in town, Allen High School Stadium, Allen High School, Lowry State. They like four of these kind yeah. of things, but this one's unreal. I mean, that's up in the Dallas area, yeah. so I mean. The Metroplex is huge, but uh, yeah, I mean Texas high school football is no joke. It's it's a lot of fun, and they're they got some dudes coming out of there. They do. They produce them. Yeah. Well, and, and you know that's the thing too about like talking about like the big venues and and how there's a little bit. I've heard this in the world of football with recruiting football at colleges. You can't recruit a guy from Texas and think you're just going to impress him with your facilities. Yeah. Like not the D three, the D two, or the uh, NAIA no, because they had better in high school. Yeah. 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 Coach, this is a step down from where I played high school. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you talking about? So but like, the majority of those guys that are, if they're playing at that school, they're not looking at D two, D three. No, it's I mean, all UT. We're talking about they're going to have their their whole starting O lines going to Bama, LSU, right. Right. freaking wherever. You know, I mean that. Did you ha- did you have that moment? Because obviously, you, with the Diamondbacks for some time, and you know, threw some innings and did some stuff. When you were traveling on to Major League Baseball stadiums, did one hit you like a cathedral? Did you have a moment? Yeah, uh, actually, Oakland. Is yeah. Like a, now it's, it's not, not great. the nicest nope, place ever, right, but right. when you stand in it, um, it is huge, and it is like you're just encompassed in this. I mean, Moneyball comes to mind. Like, it's unbelievable. Also, Wrigley. Yeah. Wrigley is, is sure. sick. I, I, when I played in Kane County, it's in Chicago. We used to take the train in to town because it was the safest way to get there um, besides taking, like, a cab and stuff. Right. And we would always get off close to Wrigley, and all my friends would be like, hey, we're going to go tour, and I'm like, no, I'm not doing it. Like, Why not? <laughs> I was like, the only time I'm stepping in that field is when I'm playing there. And I finally got to, which was amazing. I but love that. That place was unbelievable. The Ivy, I mean, it's hot. And they sure. hated it. They play during the day. That's their yeah, thing. Yeah, right. they don't care. Yeah, no. It's That's like an actual home field advantage. Yeah. Like you make them like, have serious dehydration. Yeah, well, also. And then their horrible seventh, eighth, ninth inning. Your bullpen <laughs> is indoors, and it's like 70 degrees. Okay. So then you step out, and it's like 110, and these guys are <laughs> cursing your mom out 10 feet <laughs> <Yeah>. behind. <laughs> like, it's, uh, it's a wild atmosphere. You, so I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri, right? Okay. So I spent a lot of time in Chicago. I go for the, the Cardinals Cup Series yeah. a couple times a year. And Cubs fan, there's like two types. There's the dude who loves the game, biggest fan ever, and they sit right there at the bullpen. Yeah. They sit and they give it to you. And then there's Cubs fan who shows up in the third and leaves mm-hmm. in the seventh. They're mm-hmm. not the guys you got to worry about. No, but the one percenters. Yeah. yeah but <laughs> there's, there's a world of passion up well, there. You know, St. Louis, to me, is the best fans I've ever played around. Oh, okay. I thought that they knew the game. They would applaud us if we did something cool. Right. That right, doesn't right. always happen. That's the way it there should be. That's the way. I mean, they they respect the game, and if somebody made a you know sweet diving catch or or somebody punched out the side, you know, you're gonna get a little golf clap or yeah, you know, like it, it was just yeah. respect to like a job well done. You know, it, I think it's organizationally through to it, and obviously not just talking about the Cardinals. Everyone does this kind of thing, but I was there in person when uh, Jeter was doing his retirement tour deal or whatever, right? Yeah. And the fans just lose it, standing ovation for minutes on end. You know, and Yadier Molina steps away from the plate, and Wainwright steps off the mound, yeah. and you keep giving those extra little moments. And and isn't that like the beauty of the game? Yeah. Because like you don't necessarily you don't necessarily feel that elsewhere. Well, that's what I uh, I started against Wainwright last year. Pretty good. And. Just thinking about him throwing for twenty plus years to the same catcher, it's yeah, nuts. It's unbelievable. Yeah, like they're, they're, they don't communicate on what they're going to do. No, <laughs> that's second nature. He spends more time with Yachty than he does his wife. That's true. You know, like yeah. 
For good reason. It'd yeah. be better. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. She's a lovely lady. I don't know her. That was for comedic purposes only. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited to like go back and listen to this interview to see if I turn my Texas accent up a little bit sitting right here next to you. That's funny. Because uh, whenever, whenever I get around Texans or, like, southeastern New Mexicans, Your Houston yeah. comes I, out. it comes out a little yeah. more. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, that's funny because when I was with the D-backs, you know, I was spent six years. This would have been my seventh with them. And pretty much there were several people that whenever I would say, hey, good morning, they'd be like, Riley, good morning. <laughs> like, it, was just, it was just known that I was going to have a little bit of an accent and, it gets worse when I go home, which I was almost at home last week, which was great. I got, I did get to go home on the off day, which yeah, was sweet. that is sweet. You know, Fred, we mention this all the time, that sometimes the best segments are us off air in between segments. Yeah. I want to bring a little bit of that to the table right now. Yeah. You said you're an outdoorsman, and you told us a really cool story about your friend. Now, help me out here. Your friend yeah. has a company has a where company. you fly in a helicopter and you shoot Shoot pigs yeah okay so (laughs) what is that uh, all about so in texas we have a feral hog problem like sure nasty hogs help tear you up but they can destroy a crop field like that and to keep the population at what it is in texas we have to kill 30 million per calendar year oh my god just to keep it at what it is i'm serious they can have up to 20 piglets a litter and three times a year wowza yeah and then you got no crops yeah (laughs) so my buddy, his name's Ryan Ashcraft. He owns a company called Ashcraft Avi- Aviation. Hey, free plug, brother. There we there go. go. Yeah, we get out there. And you go up in a helicopter with ARs, suppressors, and you just lay them out. <laughs> Shoot as many as you can. For the good of the state. Yeah, <laughs> and then you take them all and you donate them somewhere. Uh, there's a lot of people down there. Tamales are actually pretty good. Sure. Pigs, yeah. I, I, and, I mean, you know they're eating crops so that's not like they're eating bad stuff right i don't know if you have any friends in town yet but i feel like i want to be one <laughs> so <laughs> we gotta grab a break uh, i know we got next uh scott shelby's gonna join us that's gonna be a lot of fun we're gonna laugh a little bit and uh riley you killed it you're the man appreciate it thanks y'all for having appreciate me. you two men on 95.9 fm and am 610 the sports cool. animal Back on the program, amateur meteorologist Scott Schubert joining us. It's going to rain today? What's up? I, I think it might. The The flags are actually blowing in for once. That's a, that's a rarity. We all went outside to take BP today, and the flags were blowing in, so we knew something something weather-wise was wrong. We just didn't know what. Scott, but it, it, it's pretty dark out right yeah, now. Yeah, it's not great. It's not, just kidding. Come out to the ballpark. See it. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be great. Scott Schubert joining us. Plays a little bit of outfield for your Home team isotopes taking the day off, though, because uh, you're trying to get the drip right now. Is that what's up? I'm trying to just put it in play right now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. Comes in streak. Game of streaks. That's it's a game say. of streaks. There's no doubt about yeah. that. It's, uh, it's a wild sport, to say the least. It's uh, You can be on top of the world and uh, on the bottom next day. It's pretty, well, pretty crazy. I got, I got some good news for you. You're about to turn it around. You're about to get the two men on drip. Congratulations. You remember the heater that uh, Winton went on yeah. right at the beginning of the year? Yeah. And it's kind of still right. on, basically. Right here, he hasn't really. stopped. Right here, really. He's got a magic wand. The he, day after our He's show. got a magic wand. I'm pretty sure like, like, I see him after he hits it, and he like points at the ball. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> he, I think he's a wizard. I don't know for I, sure, I, but honestly, that's my understanding. That's, well, that's kind of what's going on in the clubhouse. We kind of think that yeah. at this point. And yeah. you can't ask someone if they're a wizard because I – that's probably not the no, correct way to go about it, no. The, uh, you hit your first gra- uh, career Grand Slam this year. Did you get the ball back? First career Grand Slam. Did you hit your first career Grand Slam? Is that not right this year? 
in AAA? Or? Hit the ice tubes first Grand Slam. Of, oh, you hit the first ice tubes. I apologize. First one of the year. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I've been around a long time. I'm bad. <laughs> He's forgotten Grand Slam. I'm a world of embarrassment right now. <laughs> well, that's here's the thing, though, because you've hit so many home runs. I've seen a bunch of them. Because when you're playing for Cincinnati, you hit a ton of them against my St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah, I loved playing against Cardinals. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't care. You I couldn't hit the Cubs worth a, worth a dang. But yeah. I'll tell you what. Cardinals couldn't hit my couldn't miss my barrel. No, and it didn't, didn't <laughs> starters relievers. It didn't it, matter. Didn't matter what it, city you were in. Did not matter. Home away against yeah. them was fine, and then the Cubs would come into town, and I couldn't. I couldn't. I don't know. Sit me, coach. Yeah, <laughs> seriously, honestly, it got to that point. I was like, hey, when we're in Wrigley, let me just enjoy you know a ball game right at one o'clock, yeah. and I'll just get a pizza, pizza, old like style. that one guy with the Reds that sat in the stands that one time. You remember that? It was a long, long time, like the 80s. There was a Reds guy that, a pitcher. Oh. I think you know who I'm talking about. I might as well have been that guy. Sure. <laughs> in Wrigley. Just hanging out. Just, just hanging out, yeah, yeah, having a good time. Yeah, you're a fan with an official yeah, jersey. Yeah, exactly. Well, that pitcher, Zach, Zach Granke, used to do that during COVID. He okay. would just, like, get an umbrella and go up in the stands because there's no fans there. Have a, have a soda pop and a hot dog. Just just hanging out watching a ball game. That's <laughs> all okay. So you, you, you mentioned, like, what, what is it like when you're going through a slump? Is it is it mental? Like, do you worry that something's wrong physically? Is Does, uh, the, ball, does the ball seem smaller when it's coming in? Like, Yeah, so it's, it's different. been different throughout my career. Sure. Um, I would say when I was younger, um, I, I always thought it was, like, a mental thing. Uh-huh. But as you play this game longer and longer, it's it's a grind of a game, you're for like sure. Year 12, is that right? Yeah, year, I think it's 12, yeah. Oh, oh. So it's like, it's you know, injuries are going to happen, and yeah. now it's like, now it's to the point. It's like, okay, is it actually me or is it something physical? Sure. So that you kind of go through that, but there, there's a point that you're like, okay, am I just being kind of a wuss? You know what I mean? Is kind of one of those deals. Right. So, um, well, isn't it, it? Isn't it? Not to cut you off. But isn't it crazy too? How whenever you are hitting the bar well, and it, you know it's it's falling in for you. How everything else in life is easier too. Easy. You know, like the airport Super goes easy. smoother. Like yeah. food tastes better. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I like on Southwest. I would be. A twenty when I'm going good, yeah. but I'm like C twenty when I'm going bad. Sure. Yeah, like, yeah. I guarantee this next road trip I'm C forty five or 100%. something like that. Yeah, no you're doubt. not getting the window seat. No, no. no. And then I'm middle seat for sure, probably row thirty. Oh god, losing all your Call of Duty game. Just nothing about it is yeah. good. I'm feeling for you. People sniping you from top of the building. <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't work. Like, so do you do you have like the the iPad out? Are you like? Maybe my hands are two inches higher. Maybe, yeah, I maybe. mean, you break down everything. And, and, and like I said, sometimes you just got to tip your cap to the pitchers. But, I mean, yeah, it's uh, it's not fun. I mean, this sport can be can – be, I mean, you can do everything right and still be wrong. That's, yeah. that's the kicker of this sport is like – I mean, if you make a three-pointer, if you throw a good ball in football, usually you're good. You know what I mean? You can hit the ball on the nose and, you know, 50% of the time you can still be out. Sure. So that's the – I mean, that's just the kicker. It's like, you know, just – I think I'm I'm at an age now where I'm like okay I'll just I'll, I'm coming out of it I will like you get to the point where you're like I may never get a hit again right and I, I kind of <laughs> felt like that I kind of felt like that last night I came in there I told my hitting coach I'm like I may never get a hit again it, it happens to everybody too you just there's saw nobody the, immune to the it. greatest no. player of our generation Mike Trout yeah just went for a over thirty yeah like it can the, happen the, to everybody the best player on for over twelve yeah over twelve. <laughs> hey, I was with them last year. <laughs> the, uh, I have a personal vendetta against Joe Madden right now, so we have been on that one a little bit. Uh, but no, talking about the, so uh, well, you're in like an 0 for 11 stretch. Okay, that sucks. That's the worst. Talk, you went on like an eight game hit streak earlier in the year, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's, how quick do you forget yesterday? 
Not you, as not as fast yeah. as you'd like. Not uh. as fast as you'd like. I mean, it's kind of crazy. We live this lifestyle, and and uh, yes, it's a, it's great. Don't get me wrong, but you know, a lot of our lives are wrapped around four at bats. Right. So it's like, okay, that didn't go well, and it's like, all right, you got home, go home, and I'm, I don't have a family. I wish I wish I did have a family just to take my mind off the game. Right. But it's just constantly. It's like, all right. What am I going to do tomorrow in the four at-bats that I have tomorrow? So it kind of snowballs in that direction where you're like, man, i got 24 hours to worry about the next four at-bats. And, and Obi-Wan can't distract Yeah, you. exactly. Like, you, could, you could play all the video games all you want. Yeah. I mean, they'd be lying to you if it distracts them. <laughs> so. Joining us on the program, Scott Shebler. And uh, obviously a ton of time in Major League Baseball. Obviously here at the AAA level. It's uh, two different experiences, right? But the talent is not that different. No. I mean, the big leagues is obviously more talented. There's no doubt. But, yeah. I mean, any more AAA is pretty impressive. Pretty, I mean, there's guys throw hard. Yeah. There's there's no way ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's, everybody throws hard now. So there's there's not really missing those guys anymore. You, I think, are one of the guys that can give us a real good uh, explanation on if there is a noticeable difference. At the major league level, there's no pitch clock, right? There's no some of these, like, special implementations that are here at the AAA level. Has any of that affected you mentally, or has it not been a concern for you at all? I mean, the, the clock not so much. The zone, the, yeah. the new zone, uh, hate it. It's not good. Okay. It's not It's not accurate. Oh, no. There you have it. It's not accurate at oh, all. Wow. Is it it's, accurate uh, to what you've been accustomed to getting called for the last 10 years? Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm just accustomed to something else. Yeah. But, I, I, I mean, I'm, there's been some calls that I'm like, that's not a strike. Or and, and it's it not never, a ball. It never has been a strike. Does it go both ways, though, or is it always? There just, really hasn't been much yeah. where you're like, wow, that, that didn't get called. And, and your perspe- in your perspective, what's the difference in the box is well higher, first of all they're they're lower? not they're not using the they're not using the plate they're using they're giving an inch on each side so you're already you in that, the channel they give the they're given so it's 19 inches instead of 17 inches and then the ball's what two two inches two and a half inches yeah. and this has to nick it so oh, essentially two feet you're talking yeah. about an extra i mean three that's, and a three and a half inches on each side that's that's chalk sometimes yeah so that's not good Ooh. i mean I mean, we're talking chalk on the other side if, the, right. if it just nicks. So you're like, okay, this, it has to be 17 inches. If you're going to give the ball, it has to be 17, in my personal opinion. Because there's, there's, I've gotten struck out on a couple calls where I'm like, and I've, I've asked the umpire, because the umpires I don't think like it that much. I've yeah. asked them, I was like, hey, what do you got? And he's like, I would never call that. Oh, So basically yeah. you're saying now everyone has Angel Hernandez's strike zone. Yeah, I guess essentially, yeah. It's just a more consistent Angel Hernandez. So, so as we're talking here about it and we're laughing and doing a little bit of a thing, but, like, are you able to give feedback on it? Is there, is there like, a questionnaire? Is there I an think they, thing I think you they gotta have do? allowed us to, but I, I, I honestly think – I don't think they really care. Ooh. I don't. I don't I don't think they – this is where they want the game to go and they're going to push it as hard as they want to push it. Um I think the speed of the game is great. I love the clock. I love some of the rules that they're doing. Don't get me wrong. But the zone is uh, – the umpires are there for a reason. Yeah. Like, they've been around for all this time. And, yes, may they make a bad call for sure, but there's feedback. Like, there's somebody to talk to right. to be like, hey, that's not a strike. Maybe next time it's a ball. But the umpires are good. Oh, yeah. The umpires – I mean, let's be honest. They may miss – four calls all game and there's 275 pitches like let's be honest it's not that bad so i i would much rather have the umpires there you have it there it is yeah uh, we got just a minute left i'm gonna come back to the pitch clock thing 
So games now going from what you're accustomed to at AAA for as long as you've been in the major league level. Uh, games have been relatively tired just up until recently, though. Yeah. It almost seems now like coaching staffs and teams have kind of figured out a way to maybe stretch it back into their favor. Yeah. But but has that been an adjustment for you, being able to get out of a ballpark after two and a half hours of play? I, I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it took a little bit of us. Uh, to get in the box and all that stuff, but I, I'm always been pretty quick in between pitches. Honestly, it's better on defense. Okay, it's better on defense because you're now field and you're kind of feeling lonely by yourself out there. Anyways, right, yeah. it's like all right, I need Think some. About act- your feelings. I need some. Yeah, feeling. Yeah, everything. <laughs> so it's like I just need action. Something yeah. going on. So quickening that up, I do think. You know, we've found ways around it. There's no doubt. I'm not going to give you away the secrets. No, but, you don't say. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, the games have gotten a little longer for sure. But that, that's you're going to adjust to it. That's just the way it works. Speaking of being on an island out there in the outfield, and you were talking about not going home to a family. When is the last time you played in person in front of in front of a person from the family or someone you grew up with? Oh, shoot. I think Oklahoma City and my family came down. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So, I mean, it, Des Moines, so I'm from Iowa, and all my family's in Iowa. Des Moines used to be in this league. Yeah. But yeah. now they're in the international. And, and Omaha, right? They both move. That, uh, go fish on I think, Omaha. Yeah, but, yeah. I think they're both, they both move. That, those would be nice to have. There you go. Honestly. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm a big Midwest guy. Yeah. <laughs> big fan of the Field of Dreams? Yeah. There we go. That game was awesome. <laughs> that game was great. It was, it was great. It was really, really cool. They up. definitely replaced the balls on that game. They were golf balls. Up against the sure. break. Two men on 95.9 FM and AM. Unless you're, well, one of the three boys here at this table. Because, well, I mean, we got to work at least another hour, man. And Matt Dennis here, he, gotta, he might have to work tonight. We don't know. <laughs> Matt, how are you? Welcome to the program. Doing all right, guys. Thanks for having me. Do me a favor. Pull that microphone right up to your mouth, big yep. dog. Matt Dennis joining us. He, uh, he throws it for the ice hopes. They don't let you swing the bat no more. No, they don't. They yeah. don't. And that's smart on their on their half. I would say it's smart. I mean, I have a couple, you know, hits in pro ball. I don't mean to brag about it, but I got a couple <laughs> in my belt that took the bat away from us. But, I mean, it is what it is. Hey. I trust these guys a lot more than myself with the bat. All right. But they probably hate you, right? We're just gonna Oh, yeah. Point. Okay, 100%. Yeah, no doubt. First year in AAA. How are you feeling, my dude? Doing good. I mean, it's great to be here. I've uh, I've played with a good amount of these guys. I was drafted in 2016 and played with a good amount of the group here. It's a good group, and uh, just excited and happy to be here. So, you know, you're happy to be here playing for the Isotopes, playing for the Rockies organization. We see people come in and out of Albuquerque, and they've been in five, eight, ten different organizations. You were drafted by the Rockies, and you're working your way up for one team. How does that feel compared to all these other, like, transplants? Yeah, I mean, it feels good. There's definitely a family atmosphere being a guy who's, you know, grown up through the Rockies system. I mean, from 21 to 27 now, there's definitely that aspect of, you know the guys who've been around. You've seen guys come and go, and being one of the guys who's been able to stick it through and see this whole process through. I mean, it's definitely a privilege for sure. So, have you ever been involved in like trade talks? Have you ever like they're like, hey man, they're talking. They might they might bounce you in with this package. You might be headed somewhere, or is it just they just keep you out of that? There's always that sort of speculation with you know within teammates. There's never been anything too serious where it's like you know front office guys or whatnot are coming to me and saying that there's always Pack speculation around the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there hasn't been any of that there's always speculation around the deadline who's going to get dealt and whatnot but nothing specifically for me and you never have like the one backpack or the one duffel like yeah the go bag the yeah. go bag right uh-huh. now i don't have that packed and ready to go joining us on the program matt dennis and uh throws the ball for here the albuquerque isos uh you were starter for a long time come out of the bullpen now do some stuff yeah and my uh, my first year with the Rockies, I was in the bullpen. I made the transition to starting my first full season in Asheville, and I've kind of bounced back and forth, started for some parts of Sun season, gone to the bullpen, and back and forth. I mean, kind of done it all. 
What, so where's your comfort level at, though? Is it is it knowing this is your day and everything kind of leads up to it? Or is it, a, hey, I'm, a, hey, coach, I'm always ready to go? There's pros and cons to both of it. I mean, you like the routine aspect of starting somewhat, but at the same time, the adrenaline rush of the walkie-talkie or the phone calling your yeah. name in the bullpen is something nice. great. I mean, I've always said I enjoy pitching, and I enjoy pitching well and helping the team wherever that can happen for me. That's where I'm supposed to be. Do you, do you always keep yourself stretched out? To where you can go longer if needed or is it just like you focus on those three outs sometimes i mean because when there's double headers and stuff the long relief guy and the guy my shoes has to be somewhat lengthened out but that's sometimes not up to me sometimes when my name's called it's for one to two innings sometimes it's for three it's not always up to you it's just kind of what you have to do in that given point to help the team is it there's a mindset though right like, like brandon gold's going tonight and if you ask me he's kind of the standard right now like he's he's slinging it, he's winning games he's doing oh, yeah and you know he's going to go into them Yep. Like, do you do you have that in the back of your mind, or or did you not let that creep in, knowing that he's a guy who who looks to go five or six? Yeah, I mean, you always have to be ready. Like, you somewhat know your innings and where you're at in the point of the game, but you kind of have your routine of, okay, you know, the long guy's got to be ready for the early if it hits the fan. Yeah. With a guy who's been rolling like this, like Brandon's throwing the ball great, you still have to be ready. You never know, especially in this park, right. when stuff's going to go sideways. So you have your routine to get yourself ready to throw your innings, and regardless of who's throwing that night, you know what you've got to do. Like how, how thirsty are you to pitch on a night like this where it's a little more humid than it is, the wind's blowing in? Are you like, oh, I don't want to interview with these guys. Give me the ball, coach. <laughs> those are, I need to be stretching. Those are definitely the days you relish in. I mean, especially coming, we were just in Sugarland and humidity's through the roof and then coming back here. I mean, it's, you know, you can't control the environment, but in days like this you're definitely kind of looking at it like, all right, how can I work my way into this game? But, sure. you know, you want to pitch whenever you can and get those opportunities. Several starts this season now, doing a little bit out of the bullpen as well, two and three on the year. When you're having those conversations about kind of jumping back and forth from your role, uh, is that a thing that's always brought to you? Is it a thing you're expecting when it happens? And then, and then is it a professional level or a personal level? What, what, helps it, what helps it happen? Yeah, I mean, early on in my career, like, it was kind of a thing. Look, established versatility, like your ability to pitch in different spots, Smart. whether that's starting or in the pen. The more flexible you can be, the less expendable you become. If you're a guy who can only throw, say, one inning, can't start, you know, for me it's I've started, I've had some success, had some struggles there, moved to the pen, done both of that, but showing for me that I can throw whenever anybody needs me has kind of been a thing for me for a while in my career. The conversations happen when you're moving to and fro, but you just kind of have to be ready to go. When you're here at the AAA level, obviously you're aspiring for the, the big leagues. You're aspiring to go play for the Rockies and do that kind of thing. And you're working on your approaches. Do you have direction from the pitching staff or the manager on, hey, make sure you put in focus on these things because this is what the big ball club wants? Or is it a no matter what, we're trying to get W's here? Yeah, I mean, you're trying to win. Like the game of baseball, you can't take away the aspect of trying to win. There's definitely things that they're looking for you to do as mm-hmm. far as, you know, the grand scope of, this is their vision on what they want their pitchers to be, and then you have to take that and try and win ball games. Because if you can meet those two things, you're going to be in a really good spot, and you're going to be at that big league club. All right, I got to clear the air of something real quick, my dude. You're a two first name guy, and your middle name, <laughs> your middle name is also a first name. And then now I learned something else about you. You went to college at Bradley, so that's four first names. Is the Albuquerque community safe with you here? Is my I, you it's know, serial killer stuff, really. That's, I mean, yeah. TBD. There's, I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. There's been a lot of stuff going on. I watched Breaking Bad and all that, but they didn't have two first names, so I don't really know how to answer your question on live air here, but we'll leave that to be determined for the Albuquerque public. How's, uh, how's Albuquerque treated you? A little bit of culture shock? A little bit different than Arlington Heights? Huh? It's, not, it's not Chicago. I mean, it's not Chicago. I mean, 
I mean, culture shock at this point in your career, you've traveled all over. I mean, I think I've played in, I think, over 35 of the states in the U.S. baseball from college oh, to pro go. ball. So culture shock's not so much of a thing. I mean, I like it out here. The West Coast, obviously, we have Arizona for spring training and stuff. I've never been to New Mexico before this, but it's treated me well so far. we got a good setup, and I'm enjoying it. So no baseball in 2020, no crowds 2021, and now you're here, you're back, baseball's back, the fans are back. What it's like? What is it like playing in front of friends, not only – in general but here at such a supportive stadium like the lab yeah i mean you can't beat it like what was it a couple weeks ago we had like fourteen thousand fans something like that that's what you play for i mean you come into it college baseball is great it is what it is but like playing in these pro games when communities are a part of the games and they're coming to games like this and supporting you you can't beat it you come off the mound after doing bad they want you to do better you're doing well they're cheering you on it's that's what it's all about they're a very supportive animated crowd and that's what we want and that gets us going every day Six games on, one day off. What is that one day off to you? It's a whole lot of relaxing. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, you're at the park six days a week. It's great. You're working it. But those days, like those one days that you can take, if you can get away a little bit from the game, it resets you and gets you back in the right mindset going back into those next six games. So The, the morning is still like trainer, right? You yes. Still got, you still got to gotta do that kind of stuff. Yes. So you're, you're always plugged in. You are. You're taking care of your stuff. It's the routine on off days is just as important as the routine when you get to the field, and that's taking care of the things you need to take care of to get your mind right to get back to the field for those next six games is very important. Matt and, Dennis, and what, is, what does the relaxation look like for you? Like, are you a book and a hammock guy? You a video game guy? You a Netflix guy? I'm somewhat, along with the two first names, uh, serial code thing. I'm somewhat of a <laughs> old soul. I read, the, I read books. I read, you know, the newspaper. I sit around. I got okay. a zero gravity chair at the house. Just relax. I mean, catch up with family, talking on the phone. Nice. Not a whole lot. Not a very complicated guy when it comes to relaxing. It's just whatever it is in that day. If it's a nice weather day, not too hot. I like this. I'm out in the backyard and relaxing. I just Googled what a zero-gravity chair is. <laughs> you need to get one. And then, oh, my God, you got, all right, your back feels pretty good all the time? Great, great. <laughs> this, this does seem pretty nice, actually. Target had a sale. Target, you know, is putting all this stuff, yard stuff on sale. you got to go get yourself one. Hey, I'm, a, I'm a big hammock guy. That works, too. Yeah, I'm very pro-hammock. Yeah. I'm also a hammock guy. Yeah. yeah, okay. Not banana, though. The, not a, not a not a, hey, yeah. that's the next level. But I mean, banana <laughs> hammock in a zero gravity chair. Now oh, we're talking in a different oh, level here. Oh. Well, you can't triple stamp, but double stamp. <laughs> Everyone knows. <laughs> Matt Dennis joining the boys, talking a little bit about hurling it. So, so you're gonna get the call tonight. You're gonna go out because here's the thing: we gotta beat up El Paso. I just I have such a disdain for the entire existence of El Paso. <laughs> Can you keep that in the back of the mind when you so throw a little harder? Oh, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Thank I mean, you. especially in a split series like this, if you can take the three here and then go get them at their place for three, you're going to be in if a great you get, spot. If yeah. you do what you just said, the boys are over 500. Yeah. Like, yep. it's a great spot to be in. That's conversation in the, in the clubhouse? Absolutely. I yeah. mean, we felt like we've played good enough to get to this point. We're, you know, we've split series coming down to Sundays and we've taken the yeah. Sunday game. And it's like, we need to get over that hump to get it early because we play well on Sundays and then we got to get there to take more series and I think this is going to be a good tone setter for us winning that game last night was a great way to start it I mean so, that, well that was whomping too sure. I mean that's, that's a great yeah. way to go yeah, yeah. Uh, do you do you prefer like a close exciting game or do you like to just go out there and just bash them and an opening day game like yesterday going out and bashing them is great right. especially in a park like this ball flies a little bit you show the opposing pitching staff what the ball can do and fly here you're going to be in a good spot. Tight games like that are really exciting, and crowds get into it. Closer comes in the game for us, shuts the door. You can't beat it. But an opening day kicking is pretty good and tough to beat. Nice. Six professional season, all with the Rockies. You've 
kind of made that change every year at every level, you know, yeah. and, and that shows a lot of advancement. Do you, you got that vision for the next level, or is it not a thing you let yourself think about? Oh, you definitely think about it. I mean, it's part of your vision, part of your goal, but you just can't get too far ahead of yourself in the future. I yeah. mean, you take control of what you can here. The rest takes care of itself. You've gotten here not because you're bad at baseball. You know how to pitch. Good you know point. how to play. You know what you have to do to get outs, and getting outs will get you to the next level, and that's all you have to take care of. We talk a lot about uh, automated ball strikes. It's a thing that means, I don't know, you stay as political as you want here, right? But do you change anything? Because you're talking about what you've used to get to this point and this level in your career. Do you now recognize that as a new variable and try to change the way you play the game? I don't personally, like with the automated strike zone, look like you throw strikes, you're trying to throw strikes and get guys to get swing and misses. That doesn't change for me. With the automated zone, you might not get certain calls, you might get other calls, but I'm pitching the exact same that I would and approach it the same. Make it as simple as you can. It's different, but I'm not trying to think about it when I'm out there. Does, does it feel to you like the advantage that batters have claimed it to be? I don't know. I mean, advantage is what it is. Like you... If you get behind a batter, they're going to have the advantage in that at bat, regardless of automated Ooh, ball point. strike zone. Good point. So it's if you're ahead of guys, they're at the disadvantage. And that, keeping it that simple is kind of what you have to do as a pitcher. Imagine we'll just just don't get behind guys. Yeah. Like, yeah. What's the problem? Like, better, bro. Yeah, to see. yeah, it's a lot harder to pitch when you're behind, regardless <laughs> of if a robot's calling or if the guy behind the plate's calling it. Matt Dennis is going to go uniform up for the game tonight. Thank you so very much, my friend. And yeah, thank, thank you for you taking guys. the time. That's great. Thanks. Appreciate Whenever we get back, more two men on ninety five point nine FM and AM six ten. The Sports Animal. A little football talk while we're at the ballpark. I like that a lot. Joining us on the friend of the show highlight, Ned James. Ned, welcome to the program. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Thanks mm. for having me. Good, good, good brother. Always a pleasure, Ned. When we got a when we got a story in the news that needs a little bit of talking about it, involves the NFL. Obviously, we get a hold of Ned James because he knows, and you actually know personally on this one because Jack Del Rio acting a fool on social media. <laughs> Yeah, a meathead, typical meathead response from a meathead guy. Jack, a middle linebacker, pro bowler, NFL, Minnesota Vikings. I know him. He's, we're the same age. And uh, coach with him in New Orleans with the Saints. And we coach the same position. We actually coach side-by-side, coach linebackers together there. And, uh, and you know, Jack was a, a new coach. He played in the league, so kind of has that mentality a little bit of, uh, of a player. Uh, one of the things, though, that, you know, Jack kind of, you know, I don't know how he missed the boat on this, but a lot of times, you know, these guys think that uh, the kind of uh, everything kind of revolves around them, and, and Jack can come off that way a lot of times, and he doesn't realize that he's uh, uh, stopping, opening his mouth, and injecting his foot. Uh, and in this case, he did. He came back and apologized a little bit later today, uh, trying to compare the uh, insurrection on January 6th to uh, the social justice protests uh, during the summer. And um, I, I still think Jack uh, really believes in his world uh, that things are the way he seems to believe they are, even though they're not really real. Um, coaching with him, you know, it, it, it kind of follows because the guy kind of ascended based on his abilities as a player more so than his abilities as a coach, I believed. And uh, just working with him, didn't have a problem with him, didn't see a lot of the things that he's saying now. Uh, when we worked together, although there was there was some arrogance there, but you know that typically comes from guys who played in the league. Uh, some guys, not all guys, I wouldn't say that all guys are like that. But uh, Jack was one of those guys who were really, you know, kind of proud of himself, and you know, if you know what I mean, as far as uh, thinking that you know, kind of he was a special special child. Played at USC, knew some guys that played with him at USC. Um, he, if you recall, he and Jeff Fisher kind of got into a tit for tat while he was coaching, 
they were both SC guys. Uh, Jack seems to have this thing about beating his chest and uh, being the, you know, Tarzan, uh, you know, the king of the jungle, and uh, everybody else uh, is kind of beneath him. And I think that spoke to exactly what his comments were, uh, just really tone deaf. And uh, I'm really surprised that uh, Rivera has let him, has given him that kind of rope to behave in this manner. Uh, you know, it's not enough losing your fans because of uh, uh, the owner. Uh, now, you know, just adding this to the to the mix will even uh, create more uh, fans being lost uh, from this Washington football team uh, as a result of those, those those comments. Yeah, I mean, this is just the most commanders thing to happen recently, right? Yeah. It seems like the commanders and the Browns organization are just trying to put their stamp on the worst organization in all of sports. Well, the Browns thing is a little bit different, you know. It's just the the punishment issue is the issue uh, with the Browns. Uh, you know, you can you can go into the you can you can have this righteous indignation about uh, uh, Deshaun Watson, but you got to be you better be careful because the players are coming at you uh, because you got Robert Roxanne. You don't have to turn off the red light for my massage craft. The owner uh, behaving the way he did and got just a slap on the wrist. Uh, by the commissioner. So you really have to be careful now if you want to talk about the morality of the issue of uh, prostitution or what's, what's a crime, what's not a crime, and what the punishment should be. So uh, I think um, the, the New England cheaters issue with, with, with Robert, uh, can you make my room a little bit darker for my massage craft, the owner of the, uh, the New England cheaters, you have to be careful when you go into this punishment for Deshaun Watson because everyone, all the players are going to point to that and say, okay, you did this for him, why are you doing this to him? And for the friends of the show who aren't aware of this story, Jack Del Rio on social media today and yesterday really leaned in to a stance he had, saying the January 6th insurrection was just a little dust-up, it was no big deal, and earlier in the day really doubled down on what he said, really leaned into what he said, and said, if I'm going to put it online, you better believe it's what I really think. And it wasn't until, like, literally an hour ago where he apologized for his tweets. The direct quote is, businesses are being burned down, no problem. And then we have a dust-up at the Capitol, nothing burned down, and we're going to make that a major deal. People died. People died. Multiple people died. Yeah. (sighs) Typical meathead response by someone who's a football meathead coach talking about politics and what he believes is happening in the country as he perceives it. So, you know, he probably should stick to football stuff. Um, he wants to be noticed. He wants to be seen. Um, it's unfortunate because as a business, as the Washington Commanders are as a business, this was not a good move along with the Snyder situation and what they're going through with Congress well, and with the NFL with the owner of that said team. Let me ask you this in the most obvious, I think, of questions. What other simple concepts does a guy like Jack Del Rio struggle with? Because if you're talking about, like, uproars in cities and municipal-level government versus the governing of our entire country at the federal level, like, what other super simple stuff in life does Jack Del Rio just not get? Jack's a very simple guy. I mean, he's He's not, you know, this intellect of any kind whatsoever. He, He wasn't, you know, as a coach... He was an okay coach. He really wasn't. He kind of went from uh, the bank. I think he worked at a bank, and he was drinking beers with Dicka and got the job in the, in the weight room. 
Then he made a lateral move to, to, to linebacker coach because we helped him coach linebackers. He went lateral, left the organization before we all got canned in New Orleans, and went to uh, Carolina where he was the kind of the pseudo-coordinator for uh, the coach who, I can't think of his name right now, um, who, who was the head coach of Fox. Um, yeah. Uh, and he, um, he he basically, Fox basically ran a defense, but Jack had the title, and then he ascended from there to head coach. And so, you know, you kind of think you're, you know, you think, you, you know, you hit a home run, but you were born on third base. Uh, and you didn't necessarily, you know, hit the home run. You just kind of basically, you know, was was put in a good position. And he, he might be thinking that he's really that great uh, coach, and he really thinks he's that important. And a lot of times guys get like that. And don't get me wrong, I've known Jack, and he's never done anything really to me uh, other than the fact that he's making these, these comments that, you know, he realizes what he's doing, and he realizes what he's saying, and he realizes the marginalized people that he's affecting with his comments, and he really doesn't care. And so that's what's uh, disappointing uh, coming from someone in his position. The The league is full of players who are, you know, marginalized in a lot of ways outside of the sport. How do the players respond to a guy in a leadership position like that? And does everyone just hate playing for Washington? Right. They love the money, but they're, they're the respect thing. When you're trying to build chemistry and teamwork, um, it's really difficult. Um, you know, they've got another meathead over there in Carson Wentz. Uh, Indianapolis is doing cartwheels that they were able to get rid of him. A guy who I really liked. I don't like that anti-vaccine uh, QAnon nonsense that he spews, and he and he kind of brings his other teammates along with him. So, you know, this is what I'm hearing from my NFL insider guys about guys like like Carson Wentz, who I like, and, and they even say he's a phenomenal athlete, phenomenal quarterback, uh, talent. But it's it's the other stuff. It's, it's Baker Mayfield. I really like Baker Mayfield. Intelligent. You know, the, the intellect is there, the, the hard work. The, but, you know, the, the intangibles of being feeling entitled, no one cares that you have money. They want to know if you're going to be their teammate, if you're going to, when it gets hard, are you going to be there for them. And that's hard for some guys. Some guys can't, can't do that. You know, even former players that, you know, become coaches, sometimes they can't, you know, rally a team because they don't have that understanding of what it takes to be, you know, to, 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 to mean what you say and say what you mean uh, to their, to their uh, constituents. And so that's going to be, you know, the difficult thing that, that Washington has to overcome. And, and people can say, yeah, you got different personalities, There's all kinds of guys coming from different walks of life. Yeah, but everybody buys in to someone who they believe and they believe that they can trust in. And uh, I'm going to think it's going to be the, the players are going to find it hard to trust in Jack Del Rio after some of these comments the last few years. Now, James, thank you so very much. Thank you guys for having me, man. Awesome show. Keep up the good work, guys. What Appreciate a good dude. You, good insight. But he, is there one thing he doesn't know about as it relates to football? I mean, he's our go-to call oh for NFL, gosh. right? If Just I had, a wealth of knowledge and experience. If I had a fraction of the knowledge that Ned James has about football, literally in anything else, I'd be the most knowledgeable person I know about anything else. Like, the dude just gets it. When we get back from the break, Josh Sushan will join us, talk about the ball game tonight. And um, should I run to the car now and you get my umbrella? We'll find out when we get back. It's two men on, 95.9 FM and AM 610. D, sports animal. Live at the ballpark, sitting down with a lot of friends of the show. And one of those friends of the show is voice of the Albuquerque Isops. Josh Sushan, welcome to the program. Hey. Thanks for having me on the program. We just had the best little day today. Riley Smith joined us. Matt Dennis joined us. Scott Shelber joined us. Are there any dudes on this team that don't have just banger personalities? 
I think the short, I mean the short answer is no. Right? You know, it's it's not a question of whether they're good personalities, it's whether they're A minus or A personalities. That's, uh, excellent point. Yeah, 100% you know? correct on that. Um, no, it's a fun group of guys to be around, you know, on the the buses and the hotel and the you know, on the planes and all that, even just sort of in the dugout and batting practice. I mean, they're friendly, they're good dudes, they know what they're talking about, you know, they're good interviews. I can't even remember the last time I had a bad interview with somebody for the pregame show. So I enjoy it. Yeah, we're lucky. But you know what? It's not complete accident. The Rockies, they do their homework on guys. They want to make sure that they bring in good people in addition to good ballplayers. Uh, we got some weather issues here, Josh, but it looks like all is well. Looks like the, the radar is going to go right past the north of us. The wind has calmed down. And we got like a nice little cool, chill, humid breeze in the air. It's a nice day here at the lab. Yeah, it feels very comfortable, especially after how hot it was yesterday. This sure. is this is nice. And I love how we're all experts. We're like, oh, yeah. You know, we've all checked the radar. Mm-hmm. You know, we've, we've done the Doppler. I'm looking at it right we've now. We've checked the Doppler. It's going to miss us. I have AccuWeather, guys. The most accurate of weather apps. It's right there in the name. It's the accurate app. Well, I'm a big Steve Stucker guy. <laughs> I don't know about you. So, oh, so you're saying because Ron Ketty wins the governorial uh, uh, that he's bringing in. He's not a weatherman anymore. He's going to put out the fires now. <laughs> yeah. He's going he's gonna, to, that's his, I, I'm in. <laughs> Fine, Mark, you can well, have my vote. He didn't start the fire. Ah, I like that a lot. <laughs> the, uh, I mean, we, we know weather here, right? Because the monsoon season is like crazy here. Yes. So if there is like a little drizzly boy or there is a whatever, okay, no big deal. We can handle it because we can handle the wrath. Yeah, I was just, I was talking to Coco Montes about uh, about the weather here, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, I thought because it's the desert, it never rains." And I said, "Well, you're right for the most part, but then when it does rain, it really rains. It doesn't <laughs> yeah. mess around when it's going to rain." Sure, Matt Matt Dennis, we had him sitting here with us, and he said, "This is the first time I've seen a cloud <laughs> in Albuquerque. <laughs> like legit, has never seen a cloud since he's been with the ball club." Beat up on El Paso last night the way you should because they deserve it. They had it coming. We, I mean, obviously we've gone to length about this. Um, but if we beat up on them today, tomorrow, the next day, the day that follows, the day after that, that puts the boys over 500. And to me, that's the only conversation that should be like being had right now about Isotopes, man, is how we got low-hanging fruit in El Paso and how we just need to get full on it. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm all for that, you know. Um, look, the boys have been playing well lately, and – it starts with starting pitching, always, always has, always will. There was good starting pitching in Sugarland, and Dylan Overton, I thought, set the tone with three scoreless, gave up some runs in the fourth. You know, Overton will be the first guy to tell you that, that he's been struggling quite a bit, and I thought that was really good for him to, to be able to come out like he did, set the tone. And then Sean Bouchard, you guys had Bouchard on before, right? That's correct. Yep. Yeah, he's he, that dude can hit. He's turning himself into a bigger and bigger prospect every day. He had a big game yesterday. I thought it was just an all-around good team effort. The defense has been markedly improved lately. You know, I think I think they had a chance to go on a little run here. I agree completely. And you got a, a great arm on the mound tonight and great weather. Like, this is an Albuquerque weather. <laughs> right. yeah. Like, it's a little bit humid. The wind's blowing in. Like, every pitcher on this staff is drooling to get on the mound tonight. Yeah, that's a good point. I bet you the other four starters are like, really? Brandon Gold, you get to pitch in this. We can't get to pitch in this. You know, we pitch when the wind is blowing out somewhere or it's just super hot and super dry. Yeah, no, and it's not like Brandon Gold has needed the help. You know, he's, he's been on a roll lately. He's five consecutive starts where he's pitched really well. He's given up, I think it's zero runs, one run, two runs, three runs, and four runs. Right? So, I mean, he's kept you in the game. And in the PCL, that's extremely good. So you're always pumped when gold's on the mound. 
Montero up there with the big league club right now. Sad to see him go, but excited. of course. Well, excited. it's always sad, but it's always exciting for the player. Yeah, you know, you're more excited for them, but you're sad for the lineup. But then you, but then you just think, okay, so who gets to play instead of him? Yeah, you know, and that means hey, Coco Montes gets more playing time at thirty. He gets two home runs yesterday, right? Coco's probably going from playing three to four times a week to playing five to six times a week now. So it always becomes an opportunity for somebody else. But, yeah, I mean, he, he was our best hitter. Of course I'm sad. He's gone, right? <laughs> so not only is it, like, naturally humid, they got they got the water on the dirt just now. And I love when the breeze comes in and, and you feel that, that humid breeze because if you've lived in Albuquerque for a long time, you're like, what is this? I don't understand what this feeling is. But how excited are the players when it's, like, a little bit overcast or the weather's a little different? I mean, they love it, right? Because, I mean, we're, look, we're, we just passed the one-third mark of the season, but we've already played 52 games, right? Yeah, sure. So you think about, like, the number of games that we've played, and we just passed the one-third mark of the season. So when you start to get into June and July and August, it's so hot, and so much of it becomes just preserving your body and finding ways. And the Topes have actually totally changed what they do for batting practice, right? Players come out early. They're taking BP off off machines before the pitchers get out there. So the pitchers are not standing around in the outfield for an hour just shagging balls where they're just standing in the heat. They're on their feet. They're like, no, have that be a purpose. So have them get their work in and then have them get inside the clubhouse so that they're not burned up by the heat. They're taking more purposeful infield practice. So they're actually doing things in a much different way, and I like it. You know, I was talking to Jordan Pacheco about this. I'm like, there's so many things in baseball and in life that we do because, well, that's the way we've always done it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's just the way you always do right. it. Well, what if that way is the wrong way? Sure. Or what if that way was okay 20 years ago, but there's a better way of doing it now? So they're finding a formula for what works for them to get them ready early in the day, get them rested, get them off their feet, get them out of the heat so they can be at their best come game time. Beautiful anti-Albuquerque, Albuquerque weather here. And appropriately, (laughs) the pitcher for the Chihuahuas is Weathers. David Weathers. Yeah. Pretty good. What do we know about this guy? We know that he was in the major leagues last year for just about the entire year. We know that he has been at AAA all of this year, and he is not pitching well. His ERA is over 7 Opponents are hitting like 330 off him. He, he had a couple of stinkers early, like bad stinkers. Started to get a little bit better, and then he's had a few more where he's he struggled. He's definitely struggled. But, look, if a guy makes the big leagues, you know he's talented, right? Sure. You know it's just a matter of time before he turns it around. Right. So, I mean, he's a threat. I mean, look, everyone at, at this level can play. It's just a matter of, you know, where they're at mentally and physically at the time. You are aware that Van and I are two of the biggest sports influencers in town. Yes. Right? That's, that's it goes without saying. I don't even know why I just said it. <laughs> You've often told me, you know, you know, Fred, you know, the way I kind of do broadcast, it's a one-man show. i got a world of talent. I don't really need any help up there. Uh, but you packed the broadcast booth yesterday, didn't you? Didn't you, Josh? You had a lot of friends up there, didn't you, Josh? And none of them were me and Van, as you brought up women who explore. <laughs> What's the deal here, Jay? We uh, can't get up in the booth, can't get, can't get any game time with you? Well, first of all, they were not on the radio. Okay. <laughs> There's a difference between being in the booth and being on the radio. You two have specifically asked to be on the radio. Oh, multiple times. Yes. And that was a hard no. <laughs> but you guys can come up and say hi anytime that you want mm-hmm. and post photos and videos and put it all over Instagram. That's mm-hmm. just fine. There's mm-hmm. a difference. Just seems like it's not much of a difference. <laughs> just... Let's talk about a big league story that really hits home with me. Oh, you're quickly changing the tide on this topic. I like it. Obviously, you know about the Astros sign-stealing scandal. Yes. But there's a new Astros sign-stealing scandal, and it is quite literal. Yes. The World Series champion 
metallic flag was stolen from outside of Minute Maid Park, and you were just right there. I feel like I might have accidentally broken this story. <laughs> because, I, I okay, so Saturday, one of my good friends lives in Houston. We went on a bike ride, epic bike ride. We went to the Astrodome, then we went over to Minute Maid Park, and we're just taking photos and being tourists and taking videos. And all of a sudden, we're looking up, and we're like, wait a minute, where's the World Series one? Wait, is it over there? No. Is it over there? No. Then you look closer, and you see, like, wait, that looks like it was broken. Yes, the World Series flag was broken. And I blasted it all over social media, meaning not really. But sports influencers is what Sports influencer that I am. It was uh, for 24 hours, it was on my Instagram story. And then it becomes a big story. Yeah. You know, I don't think that's a coincidence. So, yeah, someone stole it. Do you think it's preemptive the way that, like, mile marker 420 is removed all the time <laughs> in states? Is it the way, like, like hotel room 420 or 69 or whatever? Sure. That's what it is. It's just you send yourself up to not, not have success. Now in the future... Every time the sign gets stolen, it's going to be reinforced more and more on the pole. I'm curious if someone was just a fan and they wanted it, or whether they're an a- anti. They got to be an anti. Oh, it's got to. It's got to be. be right. It's got to be. But then, why would you not just put like an asterisk next next to it? You know, you could take some spray paint. I mean, if you really wanted to make a statement, yeah. you could do that. But they just flat stole it. Stole it. Stole just it. like the Astros yeah, stole so signs when yeah. I. When I when I heard that this was a thing, I, I'm sure they have cameras around there. So right. they're gonna like, are they thinking that I did it? Did they think that I like came back to document the, the the crime that I committed the night before? No, 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 no. Answers are all no to all those questions. You know what's crazy about that idea though of like the, like theft or whatever? Because in my mind, I'm like keepsake. Because I'm a big fan of swiping stuff from places like that. So if it's like, I'll just give you an example. Like eventually the day comes where you don't work at a job anymore, right? Right. It's like, can you get the clock from the break room on your way out on the last day? I literally function that way. <laughs> and you're wondering why I don't allow you in my broadcast booth? <laughs> oh, yeah. I think we just got to the bottom yeah. of why you are not allowed in my broadcast booth. You cannot be trusted. Excellent point. That's right? I mean, if I could spend some time doing some inventory and set up some cameras. Just set, taking photos of everything before I come in. See what's that's 100% true. I, You're just going to have to live stream our visits. Just put your yeah. phone up against the wall. We might have to have it. you like a thorough like body check as you depart the boot to make sure you did not <laughs> steal anything. I'm, I'm the reason that like National Forest have the leave it the way you found it sign because I'm like, well, don't I need this rock? Like, <laughs> This rock would be in better position in my home. I mean, I, you're right around the corner from friend of the show, Hallie. And Hallie would not let anything leave your office. There's I agree. No yeah, way. there's no way I'd the get through fe- that security. The, the so Hallie's allowed. That's, <laughs> yeah. oh, no, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking that Van's probably allowed. <sighs> but, you know, guilt by association, Van. Sure, you know? exactly. Number one yeah. and number two sports influencers in town. So, if not exactly in that order. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind you taking, like, little keepsakes. Yes. But, like, when you... Say you're going to like steal the Declaration of Independence. Yes, there's a lot of red flags that are being waved. I agree. I <laughs> and agree. also, when you say it on the radio in advance, that yes. makes a whole more harsh a sentence. Horrible criminal. <laughs> well, I, it's a bit. It's a bit. <laughs> Josh Sushan, thank you so very much. If it, uh, if for any reason this is obvious, it will not. It's going. Everything's going to go all perfect tonight. But if there were to be a rain delay, what happens with the broadcast? You guys talk longer. Okay. And I talk less. D- deal. Okay. okay. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll tell you what. Come upstairs. Uh-huh. Your hands are going to be like this the entire time. You cannot put your hands in your pocket. You can come upstairs. <laughs> okay. Like kid in a candy store. Yes. 
Josh Sushan, thank you so very much, brother. You're very welcome, guys. Whenever we get back, two men on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Back on the program. This program's over at 615. It's Albuquerque Ice Tubs baseball tonight. Unless it freaking rains. Looking clear. Forrest Stolting, is it going to rain tonight? No, sir. I got word from my grounds crew. They are extremely confident okay. that the rain will miss us. I, I see the same thing. I got. I keep refreshing the radar here, and it looks like it's going to pass us by a few miles up north. Love that. Hey, they have a lot more confidence in the field on the weeks that there isn't a United game. Is there a different vibe with the field crew? Oh, well, so it's, it's a different field crew who does the United stuff. Well, right, right, right. Yeah. But, like, your in-house guys, like, are they – Oh, I see. They feel like they can prep it better in that in that length and longevity, or does it is it all business? As I, think, usual? I think it's all business as usual, yeah. pretty much. There's not much um, going to get in their way to make sure both fields are uh, at top notch. Really, um, I know they, they work well, well together from both sides, but um, it's a baseball field. We'll say that. There you go. So no giveaways today, Forrest. No, not tonight. So Isotopes fan, you're going to have to settle. For beautiful weather, yep, amazing baseball, mm-hmm. great drinks, great food, oh. great company, great gear down great the isotope gear. shop. Yeah, anything you want to get from the shop. So bummer, man. Yeah, it's just a. Yeah. yeah I mean, what, what can you do? Ugh. You know. I mean, sheesh. Just the most fun you could have possibly tonight <laughs> in Albuquerque. Ugh. And then a week from tonight, we will have the grassroots baseball in town. The Mad Dog, Greg Maddox, will be here. There's a buzz about that, right? That oh, so there's a exciting. huge buzz. Like the books that we're, that we're selling on, on our um, team shop online, they're going to go extremely fast. You get a, ch- get a chance to meet Greg Maddox, get a pre-signed book with Greg from Greg Maddox, and also Jeff Idelson, former president of the Baseball Hall of Fame, and the renowned photographer herself, Gene Froth, will be here as well. So this is a true, uh, uni- such a unique opportunity to uh, to experience it at the so, park. Hey, okay, so in true van fashion, I'm late to the party and I forgot to order a book. Oh, yes. man. How many are left? Is there one left that I could have? I'm not sure, but if you buy it now, you probably get it. And it's on the Isotopes website where you can buy the book, Yep. Right? Yeah, just go to abq.isotopes.com, then you go up to shop, and you'll find it on the, 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 the page there. I think it's under, under novelties, I believe. Okay. So... So, I mean, who are we getting on the show? What's up? Are you going to hook your boys up? Are you going to do a fun little interview? Are you going to do something? I mean, that, there, there might be an opportunity for that. We'll see about that. Okay. I think we'll, we'll have uh, Jeff Otteson and Gene Frith on the show next week, right? Ooh, I like yeah. that. I like that a lot. There's something, too, about uh, like talking about the game and learning about the game from people who really know about the oh, game. Oh, man. Like it's, there's a different level of conversation there. Because, like, you, whenever you can go into it, and this is anything, right, professional in any field, but obviously baseball is the one I'm passionate about, where you can just have, like, presumed and assumed knowledge from an individual, and then you can just build from there, where there's oh, no sure. explanation of understanding. And, and that's what you're going to get here. You're going to get you're gonna get a fun sit-down where we're not just talking about the game, but the history of the game and the growth of the game, the development of approaches, and um, at the end of it, you're going to be a better baseball fan for it. I oh, honestly sure. don't think one segment's going to be enough with these guys. All right, a I'll wealth do, of experience. I'll do three hours. Know. We got three hours? We could probably do two segments. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, just, and Jeff Idelson himself, I mean, he's been, he was a president of the baseball – yeah, I can't talk right now. Take your time. The Baseball Hall of Fame, and I just can't imagine – how many stories he has up in his cranium. That's got to be nuts. Oh, man, he's yeah. met probably so many Hall of Famers in his time and just knows the, the true history of the game at so many different levels. It's going to be so much fun to talk to him and listen, listen to him talk to y'all. So, 
I'm Mon- on Monday, I believe. We'll have a little be. fun with it, too. Yeah, well, you uh, have I'm, to. I'm very excited to oh, nerd yeah. out, but we're going to have some fun with it, too. All right, so a little inside baseball. We're talking to Forrest Stolting, who's the baseball media relations here for the Albuquerque Ice Steps. Rumor has it, little little birdie told us that uh, some of the some of these players like the interview a little bit more than some of the others. Some of these players <laughs> say they're fans of the program, mm-hmm. and some of them say I'm done for the season. Right? Who said they're done for the season? Well, I'm just, I, I, just, I don't know. Oh, so I, you haven't got that? I haven't heard that. Okay. I know the but, friends of the show love it, but for oh, the first of half of the season, yes. Like Forrest, I'm not coming back until after the All Star break. There's no way I could do this again. <laughs> Not that's had that's one, not verbatim. I've not, there, not it, had one player say that to me yet. <laughs> is there a race to get to this broadcast booth? That's why I need oh, to know from the players. I mean, whenever they, they know it, if, whenever it's Friday, they're like, Forrest, what time am I coming on? Yes. Please, yeah. let, let me know. Tell me. What does that small sliver of power feel like in your life? You just, <laughs> I mean, I have to wield it very carefully. <laughs> <laughs> With great power comes great responsibility, my friend. Exactly. He knows. We're off the air at 6.15. You're going to get the pregame from Josh. And first pitch, 6.35 tonight. Uh, game time's been a little weird. So you're actually going to start a little bit early tomorrow so you can travel. That's right. you got a four-hour bus ride down to El Paso. You going? What's up? Game. No, I'm not going. At least yeah. not, with, not with the players, but I might go for the weekend. Yeah? We'll see. You and your boys because go? El Paso. The, so I had full-on intended to go, and then I forgot that Saturday night, Backstreet Boys. Oh, you can't miss the Backstreet yeah, Boys. Yeah, someone would be a little too busy. Oh, what do you know? Look over there. But you have my my mom and dad right there. You're, are no. you being serious? Swear to, yeah, I promise you. I'll put them on the radio right now. You yeah. got two more headsets? Where's the other headset? Mr. and Miss Stolting, <laughs> welcome, welcome to the broadcast. It, hey, there's nothing I love more than a grown man yelling dad <laughs> uh-huh. at his dad. You're right. That to me is he did. They didn't see you at all. No, they didn't. They missed me. I love everything about. And they're hey, not. Look at your famous son right here. This is. T- <laughs> what? All right, uh, this is terrible radio. What's your dad's name? Claude. Put him on the air right now. Yep. Welcoming to the program, Claude. New friend of the show, Claude Stolting. Hey, father of Forrest Stolting, who is now joining us on the program. Per- Claude. He, he just threw on his brand new Albuquerque yep. Isotopes hat. Claude, welcome to the program, father of Forrest. Claude, how happy are you to have your son all the way across the country? <laughs> well, um, we miss seeing him quite as much as we used to, but yeah. we're glad that he's out here enjoying his job and the people out here. Aw. Yeah. And he he is loves this, it. Is this your first time to the city? No, I've been here once before, okay. but not all for yeah. Or who else do you think unpacked him? That, yeah, yeah, that's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but how how early on in Forrest's professional development did you know he was going to be a baseball professional at some point? Um, probably around the age of six. Yeah. Oh yeah. my! It's like baseball was in his blood early on. Because well, he couldn't play on the field, and you're like, well, you better this, <laughs> lo- this love of the game, Forrest. You better play right. somewhere else. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's divert your talents from over here to over here. <laughs> this, what we're going to do for us, we're going to talk about a good use of our time, and it's not switch hitting. So, Claude Solding, thank you so very much, brother, for taking the time. Thank, thank, thank you. you. Yeah. How fun that was. Good to talk with you. This is absolutely lovely. That's that's a fun ballpark moment. This. Oh, love you it. love that. That's can't, awesome. Can't recreate that exactly. one. Exactly. Forrest, give us what we got. we got about 14 seconds. Uh, game tonight at 6.30, game tomorrow at 6 o'clock. Then we come back to Salt Lake on Tuesday. There we Six go. Six at home.
Tuman on live from the mobile John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9, start our days at the YMCA. Friday, we are at Hollow Spirits. Come hang out with your boys. Hey, you see that over there, man? That's a watermelon walk-off. This will tell her vodka, boy. Tuman on, 95.9 FM and AM 610. The sports animal. Ten minutes of the program remain. NBA Finals tonight, Van. The last time Draymond Green scored 30 or more points was in the 2016 NBA Finals. He has not scored more than 25 points since then, Van. But you're predicting that Draymond goes for 50 tonight against Boston in Boston to solidify his MVP final status. Is that correct? Well, I do think that Draymond is going to be a very important part of the game here. Yeah. But it's going to be with the refs. Oh, okay. Because after his antics from last game, he's totally there. The refs are going to have an eye on Draymond, and that's going to give the Celtics an opportunity to take an early lead. And I have the Celtics winning game three. The Celtics will lose game three, and then after they lose game three, they lose game four and game five, and the Warriors are champions. Even though you the Celtics won game one, you're still saying that the Golden State Warriors win in four somehow. Yeah, the Golden State Warriors yeah. will win in four. That's not they, how math works. They're not going to lose a game in the entire playoffs. <laughs> and Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Poole, and, Tom, and Clay Thompson will all share the MVP. That's how I feel. The Warriors were my original pick, but just because you think the Warriors are going to sweep, I'm fastly switching to the Celtics, That's like immediately, <laughs> for, for no decent reason whatsoever, just besides going oppo you. Mike Breen back in the broadcast tonight after a little COVID thing. Uh, he's going to bring in energy to the broadcast. I'm not saying it's been – it's not been a lifeless broadcast. It's not been dull. But there's something about the finals that's Mike Breen. And, and just the mystique of the Celtics and the Garden. And, like – yeah. Just like the, the ghost of all these leprechauns that have been murdered in Boston are just hovering over this game the whole time. Well, and, and so you have Warriors fan base and you have Celtics fan base, yeah. and they hate each other, but they both love this. Sure. Yeah, this is like, okay, we know if it's a big win for the boys, like, and I'm, you're like, Fred, the boys, who is that? Whoever you're rooting for. Right. Then when you go home to watch, because like, you're going to rewatch if you're in attendance, then you're like, okay, this is the voice that should be on it. And to me, the NBA has to be packaged correctly as a TV product. While logically and reasonably I do think the Warriors will win in seven, there's just some mystique about the Celtics in the finals that's just so palatable. It's just so yummy, like seeing games being played in Boston in the finals. But also now the finals start. Like the first two don't count. Right. Like they wash out. Yeah. And then you're like, well, the home court advantage. I'm not hearing that. Because either the Warriors sweep the next three or it goes to game seven, and it's the most exciting series of all time. Which I hope. Like, you know, I'm a big game seven dork, as, you know, basically every sports fan is. Like, game seven is where it's at. That's what you root for in every single sport that's not American football. They then, so the Celtics, and I'm going to make sure I got this right. So the Celtics at home tonight with the current format, if they take this one, you believe they're not going to be caught by the Warriors? No, I still think the Warriors will win in seven, but I think the Celtics do win tonight for the fact that Draymond Green was acting a fool up and down the court on game two, and the NBA can't morally allow that to happen. They can't allow, like, a slugfest. They can't allow... Draymond Green to be 
the story, the singular story. You need to have the ability for the star players on both teams to step up and have those memorable finals moments. And you can't have those memorable finals moments if Draymond Green is basically dragging people into the alley and beating them up in front of their family. I'm about to give you the conspiracy of all conspiracies. Ready? Okay. So, so the conspiracy of all conspiracies is this morning during yep. shoot-around, the Warriors complained that the basket on their end was off in warm-ups. Okay. Is this the most Boston thing that you've ever heard of, that the Celtics had put off the first-half basket that the Warriors would be shooting at, and I'm just projecting here, full-on knowing that they were going to adjust it at halftime when they switched ends. Is that the most Boston thing of all time? I, I wouldn't put it past them at all, and I would say that this isn't even the Celtics organization. <laughs> this is the ghost of all the leprechauns. This is Celtics nation. This is every game that's been played there before. Don't. This is like a floating red Auerbach cigar They're lodging itself in the back of the rim. Like that's this is all it is. The the Golden State Warriors are not basketball players; they're surgeons. Sure, because they knew from jump shots and warming up and the approach. They said this thing ain't quite right, and apparently it's just off by like an inch and a half or something. But when you know the game as well as they know, so the Boston Celtics are playing the Golden State Surgeons tonight because that's how surgical this three point shooting team is. So I could see like it doesn't even have to be like an equipment manager or anything like Steph Curry literally reaches into his own gym bag, pulls out a level, and just sets it up. He he misses two in a row. Yeah. He said, this isn't right. Bob well, reaches into the bag, pulls out a level, sets it on the rim, and is like, here's, get over here, fix here's it. Here's how I know you're wrong, because what actually happened was, as Steph Curry was arriving to the garden, he actually saw Bill Belichick sneaking out the back of the garden, and he was like, oh, I know something's going on now. Like, this is the Boston cheaters <laughs> that Ned James is always talking about. Yeah, sure. Yeah, go in there. Let's check everything. <laughs> what if this is going to be the new rim gate? <laughs> hey, but now you do know for real, someone with the San Francisco Warriors of Surgeons, they are in there checking PSIs on basketball. They're everything. They're now. checking it all. Yeah. Like, and is it a thing where it's like, hey, this messes with me and i got to figure it out? Or is it, oh, you think you can get the upper hand on your boys? Look at it. We're knocking down left and right. Because that, to me, you can go either way as far as the advantage. Steph ain't in California anymore. He's back in friggin' Boston. <laughs> loser. Get out of my city, loser. This is the most shenanigans thing ever. Also, I think Kobe had, like, a very similar story about Boston some years ago. There's, like, a lot of, there's a lot of like, um, like tomfoolery in that world. I mean, hey, you made a really good point. I didn't even think about Boston cheating until you just mentioned it just now. And I was like, of course. How is Boston going to beat this juggernaut of Golden State? Not with fair play. No. We didn't learn anything from Foxborough. We didn't learn anything from the Patriots dynasty. So if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Well, and also, let's say let's say you're Marcus Smart, right? Cool. Pretty good defender, right? And you're up against Clay Thompson. Hey, they're back in Boston. They're back in Boston. It's Mackish Matt. Now. He's Mac, very Mackish Matt. So he's he's across from Steph Curry, and he's like, uh, "Oh, you didn't notice we had the rooms up a little bit in, in pregame." And then here's the opening tip, because that's the mental like gymnastics. Sure. That if you're a defender, where you're like, "Hey, not do I just got you with how good I am? 
I got you in everything that's around us. I got the rim, dog. Like, and now, if that was a part of Boston's game win, which, by the way, could this just be a simple mistake? And this, no, no, it cannot. This is the NBA Finals, and this is the Boston Celtics, and they're doing it on purpose. Except for Draymond Green, the Golden State Warriors are soft. Kevin Durant played on that team, yes, and they got infected with the Kevin Durant disease. This is the Golden State Warriors just having an excuse because when they lose game three to the Celtics, who are fastly approaching being my Celtics, they have an excuse. They'd be like, well, the rim was crooked. We told you the rim was crooked. No, this is you being soft, Golden State. This is you being purely San Francisco right now because mm-hmm. everyone on your bench, everyone on the team except for Draymond Green. No. Who is as ghetto as nope. it gets? Who is as hard as it gets? It's just super soft. This is what you deserve. They're not soft. They're precise. Yeah, sure. Every player on this team is because you're saying soft like like it's a negative. I'm saying precise like it's a positive because these boys are so dialed in that they know when we're a, we're a quarter inch. Because this doesn't accidentally happen at the top level of basketball. This is intentional. So now you got the one uppers. I know you tried to cheat me. Well, look, I mean, Draymond Green tries to get in everybody's head. The Celtics really don't have that old-school hockey enforcer on their team. So this is their mind games. This is what they're doing. Instead of Draymond trying to rip Jalen Brown's pants down, this is their <laughs> version of ripping Jalen's pants down. This is – can't just equate everything to ripping Jalen Brown's pants down. It was a really poor job, by the way. He well, could have easily ripped his pants down. When it comes to pants on someone? It's a I, rookie pantsing move. Duh. Yeah. Also, hear me out, last one. Someone within Golden State's team did it and then purposely identified it to make it look like a sabotage for Boston. Sure. Double, triple stamp, reverse psychology secret. I'm telling you, Golden State's soft. They're looking for an excuse Kevin to Durant, make, Kevin Durant catch Durant this it. L tonight. I agree completely. Good program today, Van. Good program today, Michael. Thank you to all the friends of the show. A lot of friends of the show today. Anything we missed? Oh, my goodness. Anything we missed, make sure you check out on the opening drive tomorrow morning with Jeff, JJ, and A. Marie. Good job, Michael. Good job, everyone. GG. See you tomorrow, Burke.